it's again, once again, it's a great joy for me to stand before you with God's Word. Please turn your Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter 3. We'll be reading from verses 7 to 18. Verses 7 to 18. But if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones came with glory so that the sons of Israel could not look intently at the face of Moses because of the glory of his face, Fading as it was, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. For indeed what had glory, in this case has no glory because of the glory that surpasses it. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more... That which remains is in glory. Therefore having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. And are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. But their minds were hardened. For until this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. But at this day, when our Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But when our person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Father, we thank you for your word. The Lord, I'm standing before these dear ones. The Lord, I pray that you would speak to all of us from your word. Lord, May I speak only the things that you have written and that you want me that you want me to share. Lord, this morning I pray that you would work in our hearts so that we will have an intense desire for the ministry that we are, we are interested with. May we commit our lives. May we do may we do sacrifices for your gospel because you have done the greatest sacrifice. He sacrificed your son on that cross for our sin, for the sake of the gospel. We pray that he would speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Apostle Paul is writing this letter as a defense against the criticism that he has faced from Corinth. And he wants, as he was ex defining himself, he was explaining about the glory of the ministry that he is in. He, he wants to explain 
how the gospel ministry and the message of the gospel is so important in his life. Recently I spoke with a son of a pastor. Was asking him, what's your plan? Do you want to be in the ministry? And he said, no, I do not want to be in the ministry because I do not want to once again into a, po- a life of poverty that we are currently in. I spoke to another pastor. Pastor, do you want your, what, what, what do you would like to see your son becoming, your children becoming? And he said, I would like to see them work and earn money. And he was saying, I do not want them to be like me. It is a story in many cases. We all have some desires and expectations about our children. The question is, what do you wish to do for them that will follow them for life and eternity? Most people in answering those questions would focus on material needs, education and so forth. And that's what we would like to see our children have. Now if you can see that our children have never have material want, then we have fulfilled our responsibilities as parents. But the question is, parents, what legacy do you wish to leave today? Before your children. It is good that we meet legitimate physical needs of our children. But I would ask to what end? It is good to provide our children with a good work ethic. It is good to have our children good education. But to what end? What is the abiding eternal purpose for which we do all the things that we've been doing in our lives? providing, meeting the needs of our children. The gospel ministry is not for professionals. It is for everyone. It is for the church body. We need to leave a legacy to our children that they view the ministry as the most important thing in their life. Because God has seen it as the greatest thing in this world. Look at the passage that we look, that we study, that we have chosen to study this morning. Communicates that the greatest gift that you can give to your children and friends is a sense of the glory of the gospel ministry. The greatest gift that you can give to your children and friends is a sense of the glory of the gospel ministry. Apostle Paul explains the glory of ministry by explaining the the nature of the gospel, the nature of the, the, the new covenant in this passage. He also explains how that is applied. So the question is, why I say, why I say the gospel ministry is so glorious? Number one, Gospel ministry is so glorious because the nature of its the nature of its message. Look at verses seven to eleven. Seven to eleven, we read, 
But if the ministry of death, in letters engraved on stones, came with glory, so that the sons of Israel could now look intently at the face of Moses, because of the glory of, the fa- of his face, fading as it was, how will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. Look at, as we read, I believe that Paul, Apostle Paul is making a contrast with old covenant, the law of Moses, with a new covenant, the gospel. In verses 1 to 6, he's making that contrast. The, the difference between, the, what is the difference between the law of Moses and, and the gospel, he explains in verses 1 to 6. God gave the law of Moses at Sinai. And the law of Moses explains how people of Israel can come to God. And as, as Moses received the law, people of Israel were really afraid. We read in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, that when God gave the law to Israel, people feared, and there was a great earthquake. Moses ascended to the mountain. And then he came with those tablets. The law was written by the finger of God. Moses was, was shining with the glory of God. And his, his face was so shining. My friends, Apostle Paul says that when Moses received the law, it was so glorious. People were afraid. And Moses Face was shining with the glory. But when you come into the New Testament, when you see the work of Jesus Christ, and when you see the gospel, Paul says it is more glorious. It is more glorious. Why it is more glorious? Look at verse 6 and 7. Verse 6. Were success, who, are, who also made us adequate as servants of the new covenant, not for the latter, but of the Spirit, for the latter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Why? Gospel is so glorious because Paul says that gospel is life giving, it gives life, it, it actually raises a man who is dead. Paul says in Ephesians, we were dead in trespasses and transgressions. And the Lord raised us with His grace. And here we read that in the New Covenant, in the Gospel, Spirit gives life. Why? We should give priority in our lives for the Gospel ministry. It is because the gospel has the capacity, has the power in itself that it can give life to a dead man. Spirit gives life. Not only that, I don't, I don't have time to explain every details of this passage, so I wanted to run really quickly and end this. But in addition, this passage also tells us that the gospel, the new covenant, 
It is so glorious because it gives man a new position in Christ. Look at verses 9 and 10. For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, talking about the law of Moses, much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. For indeed, what had, the gl- had glory in this case has no glory because of the glory that it surpasses. Look at Paul explains the gospel ministry as the ministry of righteousness. He's talking about the position that a believer has in Christ. He's talking about justification. We were dead in trespasses and sin. Christ lived a perfect life. When we were failed in our life from our birth till our death. There are many sins we were a failure. And Christ came into this world, lived a perfect life, earned righteousness for you and me. And He went to the cross and took our sins, bore our punishments. God the Father, He punished His Son on the cross. And you know, that Christ Jesus, when He was on this earth, when He was going to that cross, He was beaten. He had, uh, He suffered. He had crowns of palms on His head. And if you really read the gospel narratives, and you won't see Jesus Christ crying in any of those incidents. He was, he was nailed on the cross. He was pierced. But still you won't see Christ crying. In fact, as he was going to that mountain, to that cross, women were crying for Jesus. And Jesus said, you do not need to cry for me. You should cry for your children. But look at, there was a time on that cross when the sun became darkened and the world could not watch what was happening. And you see God the Father counting all the sin, imputing all the sins and the punishment of it on His Son on that cross. And God did not let anyone to see it. And then you see Jesus saying, crying out so loud, why God, why God, you have forsaken me. A great separation so that you, 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 you've been separated from God. God wants to bring you closer to Him. Therefore God separated His Son on that cross. A legal separation. He bore our sin. He bore our sin. The sin that you committed, the sin that I committed, it was imputed on Him. He drank our punishment. He drank the wrath of God. And therefore... Therefore, we have a new standing now before God. 
Yes, this is the ministry of righteousness. Ministry of justification. You have a new standing. When you stand before God, you are considered to be also saint, holy, because Christ lived a perfect life and imputed His righteousness to you. And He bore our punishments. So, so the gospel is so glorious. It is, this ministry of the gospel is so glorious because for God, He had to sacrifice His Son on that cross. And therefore, for God, the, the, the gospel is so great. He values it as the most important thing because He had to give up His only beloved Son only beloved son. Now this passage also says, talking about the nature of the gospel ministry and the gospel, verse 11 says, we have this message, the gospel message is lasting message. Look at verse 11. For if that which fades away was with glory, much more that which remains is in glory. Look at, he says, that which fades away, talking about the law of Moses, the old covenant, that had glory in it. But look at the gospel, the new covenant, the gospel ministry. It is more glorious because it is eternal. Now the old covenant was replaced, the law of Moses was replaced with the gospel. Now gospel is more glorious because it is a new standing. You have, and this, and the gospel lasts forever. Now imagine, you are in a dark room. You are in a dark room, and there's no light. And you have a, someone gives you a candle, and you, you, you kill that candle, and you, you know that that candle is so glorious in that room. It shines, it shows you the light, it shows you the thing. It is glorious. But take that candle when sun shines and you don't see the glory of that candle anymore because the, 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 the glory of the sun just overpassed the glory of the candle. Now, the, the law of Moses was replaced with something more glory, more glorious now, why it is so glorious? Number one, we saw the, the gospel. It, is, it provides or it, it gives life to dead people. It gives a new standing. It, it is lasting. Now, the second question. What is the impact? Why it is so glorious? Because the gospel ministry is glorious because of the impact. The impacts of the gospel. Look at verse 12 to 18. 12 to 18. What it impacts. Therefore having such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. And are not, are not like Moses. He used to put a veil over his face. So that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. But their, their minds were hardened. For until this very day at the reading of the old covenant. 
The same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. But to this day when our Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Look at what is it impacts. The, its message excites boldness in its messengers. It makes you bold. Look at the verse 12. Therefore, having as such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. Gospel incites, excites a man. It excites a man. Look at Peter, Apostle Peter. There was a time he, he just forsook the Lord Jesus. When people asked, asked Apostle Peter, Peter said, I did not know this man. But when he saw what, what Christ has accomplished on the cross, look at after a few days on that day of Pentecost, he just stands there looking into the crowd Looking to his men and saying, you, wicked men, crucified the Son of Glory. You crucified. Look at the boldness that he provided to this man. Yes, that is a speciality. I was, I, in fact, I, I was a timid man. I was afraid. I don't, I, I was an introvert. Not you know, I don't like to talk to people. I cannot face people. But when I was saved, I was completely changed. And when I was saved, I wanted to share the gospel to my friends. I do not know how I became bold enough to share the gospel. But knowing, knowing its value Learning about the gospel ministry has got me to speak right to the face of the people about the greatest Savior of the world. Yes, it, it, it excites boldness. He says, Paul says, you are, you are criticizing me for what I'm doing. But I'm happy for that. I will speak it. I will speak the gospel wherever I am found. If it is in the church... If it is in the synagogue, if it is in a jail, no problem. I am ready to speak because that is the speciality of this message. It excites boldness. And not only that, this passage also says that the message dispels blindness in its hearers. Look at verse 14 to 17. But their minds were hardened. For until this very day, at the reading of the Old Covenant, the same veil remains unlifted because it is removed in Christ. But to this day, whenever Moses is read, the veil lies over their heart. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is Look at it's, it. It dispels the blindness. Now, Paul says, now there is a problem with 
the Jewish people, Jewish community, they still read the law as if they can be righteous by being obedient to, to the things that are written in law. Paul says, no, there is a veil. They cannot see really the glory of God as they're supposed to see what they could see in Jesus Christ. And Paul says, that veil, that covering is removed only now when a person comes to Jesus Christ. Yes, that is a speciality. It removes the darkness in a person. And you're here because this gospel has removed the darkness in your, in your heart. And you, you saw the glory of the Lord through, through God's word in the face of Jesus Christ. And, and you now know that He is your Savior. And you should be able to serve this great God. This great God. Veil is removed. And that, that means that Christmas should come to us. Is our veil removed? Paul says it dispels the blindness of its hearers. What a great message we have. What a great message. A message that can clean a person. A message that can turn a person from darkness to the light. A message that can give a timid person boldness. A message that can remove darkness. Verse 18 says one more thing and with that I will close. This message magnifies the brilliance of the Lord. Gospel message magnifies. Look at verse 18. We read, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. His glory is magnified through what He's doing in us, through children. God's glory is, is magnified. It is revealed through the life of God's people. Yes, because this gospel has removed the darkness. Now, what God is doing now, by using this gospel, using God's word, He's working in the hearts of the people. So that you and I can live a gospel-centered life through which God's glory is being revealed to the dark, dark world. And so he's, so he's explaining that but we are with unveiled face. That means we have a face that is, the veil is removed. Now we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. It's like you, you see the glory. Every time, how do you see? You, when you come to God's Word, when you come to the Scripture, you see in there the glory of God, the, the, the character of God. And it reflect, and you, you understand that. And as you practice what is written, written in God's Word, and you live by that, when you live by the Scripture, you reflect, you reflect God's glory. You tell people that I am a different man. 
I have a different message. And that message has a great issue, has a great value. And for that message, God gave his son. For God, he had to sacrifice his only beloved son for in order to save us, save me, and save you from sin and life with Christ and life for the gospel. What gets priority in our life? What do we give priority? What is the legacy that we would like to instill in our children? What are we teaching? Do we want, and I know that we want, our, we want to have our children a good education, good job. Does it take the gospel from their life? Does it take what God values the most from their life? Then we are in a dangerous path. We must know, first of all, the value of what we have. It is the greatest treasure. Greatest treasure. And we should cherish that treasure for God. We should teach our children. We should influence our friends. We should tell our neighbors about the glorious thing that God has ever given to us. That is the gospel. May our great God help us to value what he values the most and work for what he values.